Groundbreaking of uh, Life of Brian Mannix, that is the podcast starring the one and only Brian Mannix. Hello, oh, Brian. Hello, Kevin. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How have you been this last fortnight or so? I've been pretty good. I've, uh, I've, you know, probably done about 10 kilometres every day. Um, and I'm sick of wearing tracksuit pants all the time, but, um, you know, it just is what it is. You just got to do the, the best you can, I guess. All right. So Rockstar Lifestyle, 10 kilometres every day. What do you do? Do you, what do you listen to? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you listen to music? Do you listen to nothing? I listen to, I just, yeah, it depends. I, there's certain songs that are good for, uh, walking. Um, um, lately I've been listening to a little bit of the Beatles, a little bit of Kasabian, a little bit of myself, love listening to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, what's, your, what's your song of choice of your own at the moment, Brian? Um, I'm really liking, um, well, I'm liking the Spaghetti Western one I did and I'm also liking um, the new stuff I'm doing with the Androids, which is really fun. So, and we're going to um, talk about that later on in this podcast. Great. Great, and in best. fact, we're going to play a most surprising song that you've done with the Androids on this Hit Me album. All right, I'm excited right. about people that. will That's... get people get a surprise as uh, what the who the original uh, recording artist was that you've uh, you've done a cover version of. Now, I want to thank our All terrific right. uh, mates at uh, Murcotts who are in this uh, podcast with us. That's Murcotts.edu.au. Go to their website or give them a buzz on one three hundred triple five five seven six. Defensive driving courses are available. You can jump on the website, click on the uh, particular button, and, uh, and find out when there's availability. So jump on that website, Murcotts.edu.au. AU one three hundred triple five five seven six, and uh, thanks to Mark and the team down there at uh, at Murcott's Driving Excellence. They've also got a Facebook page and all those things. So make sure you uh, get in touch with them and support them. Now, Brian, I want to read you something. We had a lot of social media mm. interaction after the first episode of Life of Brian. All right, I want to read you the pick of them. Okay, there's one. It stands right. out uh, okay. well, well <laughs> and truly above all the rest. Uh, let's just say it's from Danny. And Danny says, I was obsessed with you as a teen. I kissed your poster every night before bed. I jigged school so I could see you at the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Bondi and get your (laughs) autograph after seeing you guys at Australia's Wonderland the day before. Wow. This does not have a happy ending. Oh. I got detention for two weeks. Oh. But it was totally worth it. Good times and thanks for the memories. <laughs> well, it's that's lovely. fantastic, Danny. I just wonder what that poster's like. Probably a bit rotting. Well, it's 35 years since Cause Life Hurts, isn't it? Yes, it is. It was uh, 35 years about a week ago. So, yeah, that surprised me. Um, but, yeah, it seems like it was only yesterday and the Cosmopolitan Motor Inn in Bondi, gee whiz, had some good memories at that place. That was where we always stayed in Sydney. And... Uh, yeah, there used to be little girls out the front with their camera and their uh, thing. But, hey, yeah, good memories, very good. Venues are starting to open up again, Brian. Uh, that's, a, that's a good thing, but it's going to be a, a, a totally different uh, ballpark for everyone to, to perform in and to be associated with and to be working in in the future, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I think, um, you know, like what are they going to let in 22 or 20 people into the pub or 50 people in the pub? They're hardly going to put a band on for a while. Um, You know, I'm hoping that later in the year we'll be able to do some band stuff, but um, I think, as I said before, I think my first gig will probably be with an acoustic guitar somewhere. 
because that's you're not going to have the capacity to put a full band on. So disappointing, but uh, oh, I guess we've just got to adjust. Yeah. Now you've dabbled in theatre, and you, the last uh, the last big gigs you were doing were the the travelling Wilby shows around the country, which were were to do uh, you know a season round the rest of Australia uh, yeah. around about now, wasn't it? Yeah, I should have been playing uh, the Athenaeum, I think, this weekend in Melbourne. There you go. And then we had Perth and I think we had Queensland and Sydney sort of looking up and uh, and we were all getting very, very excited about that. And then, uh, of course, the COVID-19 came along and uh, skittled all of those plans. Yep. So, uh, but hopefully they will uh, get back into the Travelling Wilbury show later on um, because it's a really good show and I uh, really enjoyed working with Nick Barker and J.R. Rain and uh, Scott Darlow and all the boys. So, yeah. Hopefully not too far away. Now, hopefully not too what far is not too far away is a big chat we're having with our guest this week. Now, you describe oh. him on social media as the nicest man in the world. He is the nicest man in the world and he's been informing me of stuff that's very important for many, many years now and I just love this bloke. He's a ripper and... What I think, because because COVID nineteen's been going, you know, I watch I watch uh, I watch him every night, and uh, one of my favourite things I've started to notice is the way he, he thanks the weather girl, mm. and he says, "Thanks, Lavinia," <laughs> and and he also does a really good job with Tony Jones when he says, "Thank you, Tony." <laughs> Lavinia's up next with the weather. And so I'm talking, of course, of the wonderful Mr Peter Hitchener who's going to join us today and I'm really excited because I love Peter Hitchener. I think he's great. Hello, Pete. How are you, mate? Hello. How are you going, you legend? Oh, very well. <laughs> I've, been enjoying, I've been enjoying watching you during um, – I always enjoy watching you, but during the, the lockdown, oh, it's been, it's been great. Um, oh, you're so funny. <laughs> and I really I love the way you and actually, your Tonys are getting pretty good too, like especially because <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Tony. But yeah, no, oh, Tony. <laughs> he's hilarious, that TJ. I'll th- tell you what. Yeah, you've, you've been laughing more at Tony lately, I reckon, but um, yeah. uh, no, it's fantastic. You're doing a great job, and we are really oh, enjoying thanks. it. Now, tell me, how's the golf going? Are you playing it? <laughs> um, not very well, though, Pete. No, same here. I'm hopeless. I love it anyway because, I don't know, it does something to the brain. Golf is good for the brain, even if the, where the ball goes isn't, but the, the oh. landscape of it is beautiful. Well, yeah, it can, ma- it can mess up a good walk, but um, <laughs> it's always nice to get out <laughs> amongst easily. nature. Um, From the very first shot. Do you, do you remember that, that uh, golf tournament we played at? Um, yeah. We, we was, it was to raise money for... Disabled kids or something like that, wasn't it? It was. It was out at uh, Churnside Park, I think. It was uh, or Croydon or somewhere. Uh, Churnside Park, I think. And um, I ended up just going to a bit of a clinic. I didn't. Yeah, I did that too. I did that with you, but because people want to win this, and I wasn't good enough to help them win. I thought the same thing, and I think there were people like Sammy Newperson and and others there, and I thought, oh, God, I can't play with them. They're good. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. But (laughs) I I, I thought what was funny, or not funny really, but we were trying to help children or something, and um, the girl driving Jeff Kennett's golf cart ploughed into the the lady and her kids and broke an arm and a leg, and and then it was they were hiding all of the Channel 9... um, 
uh, right signage because there was a Channel yeah. 7 helicopter up above the golf course <laughs> trying to film it. So we tried to help some disabled kids and it ended up making a few disabled oh, kids. Make it work. We've gotten that angle. Yes, it was, um, it was an interesting day, uh, very much so. Hilarious. You're funny. So you're from Queensland originally, Pete. I grew up in, in the bush in Queensland, but um, 1974 was the year when I discovered what a glorious city we all three of us live in, and uh, I moved here in 74 and uh, just love the place. I, I know that podcasts go everywhere, so I won't bag Queensland or anywhere else, but honestly, there's nowhere like Melbourne. Beautiful. Oh, well said. Hey, uh, Pete, the, the early days when you when you got into radio and television in Brisbane, up at 4BH yeah. in Brisbane, what was, um, uh, from someone who grew up on a farm, went to school in Southport, where, what was the, the kind of the, the moment where you went, you know, I want to be in the media? Uh, what happened was I was at boarding school on the Gold Coast and I discovered that um, being able to deflect attention by mucking around or being the class clown or doing something meant that you weren't picked on because I was smaller than everybody else and a year younger. So that didn't help. So I discovered that, that you know, you could sort of um, emerge okay from a situation by mucking around or being a class clown. And um, so I thought, oh, maybe I could do this for a, for a living until I decide what I want to do. That's when I sort of got interested in it. And not long after leaving school, I got a job. I got offered a job at 4BH. Um, which I was overjoyed about. I was in the newsroom, so I've worked in news pretty much ever since I left school. So you decided what you want to do with your life, Pete? (laughs) Well, well, I I don't know. I'd like to... I'd like to learn how to play golf one day, but it's probably I've left that a bit long. So professional golfer is still on the, on the bucket list, <laughs> professional golfer. I don't think anyone has anything to worry about there. And my tennis is still a little, a little bit ordinary as well, but I have a bit of fun. I think that's important. There you go. There's more of that uh, very, very engaging chat with uh, the one and only Peter Hitchner and Brian and myself uh, coming up uh, later on in the podcast. He's a, he's a beauty. He's a ripper. I uh, hope you two don't Thank get anywhere near Peter. a golf course for a while. <laughs> oh, he's a ripper. Uh, he's, a, he's a beauty. So more of his history and uh, where he comes from, you'll be surprised some of the things he's done over the years too. Uh, that's coming up uh, a little later on in the uh, in the Life of Brian podcast with thanks to Murcott's Driving Excellence. Now, Brian, the audio book. No. Oh, yes. Still waiting for Audible <laughs> Audible to uh, finish their processing of it. But um, that's largely because I think when the first thing we lost, we lost a chapter somewhere along it, so we had to re, uh, re-send it off for processing all that stuff again. But it's yep. coming. It's coming soon. Right. Now, it takes it's basically your American holiday trip. Where are we going? Yep. We're heading to a very special a very special place musically for you today. Absolutely. Um, today uh, we're going to, well, after we've been to see uh, the Dakota building, we're going to uh, Strawberry Fields in Central Park. And, um, well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool place, Central Park. But uh, So Yako bus- built that, didn't she? Yes, she did. Um, there's about... 130 countries that contributed to it. Oh, and I'm pleased to see that Australia was one of those that contributed to it. Um, and it's got the, uh, you know, the big Imagine mosaic in the middle. And um, around all the chairs around that, there's all of the chairs are nominated to other famous dead people. Um, oh, okay. So it's a really nice little place. But, um, yeah, this is an interesting little bit from my visit to Central Park at Strawberry Fields. 
an hour or so later, I find myself back at Strawberry Fields. Stoned out of my mind. Chris and John, the twins, are there, as is another busker, murdering Imagine. They introduce us to some of their friends who also frequent this part of Central Park. There is an old Japanese woman who looks like Yoko Ono, a busker who is the best of the lot but still not very good, and another guy who is homeless. It's starting to seem to me that Strawberry Fields is populated by tourists, potheads, the unwanted and homeless. It crosses my mind that despite what the twins tell me, they too might be homeless. Maybe they live in the park and survive by selling water and pot. I hope not, because they are really nice guys, and I'm touched by the empathy they have towards this little community at John Lennon's memorial. Chris wants to know what sights we've been seeing. I tell him Soho and Greenwich Village. I also tell him that Greenwich Village didn't seem all that special to me. Maybe I went to the wrong spot. He tells me, you definitely went to the wrong spots. He grabs my map and marks down the places in the village I should see. He then shows me how to get to Chinatown and Little Italy, which are just around the corner from Greenwich Village. A busker begins murdering Give Peace a Chance. How ironic. I would love him to give Peace a Chance, stop singing and put his out-of-tune instrument away. The music police should rush in with guns drawn and yell, Drop it! Put the guitar down! Drop it! Put the guitar down! Put it down! Just when it couldn't get any worse, he starts playing Pearl Jam. Alive! What the fuck? This is not appropriate. It's not a Beatles song, and John Lennon is anything but alive. Doesn't he realise what he is singing? This prick must be more stoned than me. That's it. Time to fuck off. All right, there it is. Now, the book is called, Brian, once again. Hell, I didn't even like Al Green. <laughs> Brian <laughs> Mannix, Strippin' USA. And somewhere in this podcast in the future, we will we'll unveil the story about uh, why the book is called that, <laughs> if you haven't heard it already. Um, but but uh, and that's, that's gonna be, we'll let everyone know when that's going to be available. Yes, we will indeed. It's, um, but in the meantime, is you know, a little teaser. Yep, beautiful. Well done. Hey, well, well I've just, uh, what was it like for you uh, going to Dakota in terms of, you know, uh, someone who was just a b- mad Beatles baby like I was? Did, yeah. did, did, did it, were you upset when you went there? Um, yeah, well, it's kind of a bit um, morbid, really. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that they did build uh, Strawberry Fields because otherwise you'd have 150 tourists out the front of the Dakota building every day. Even when I went there, there was still probably about 10 or 12 people taking photos and stuff out the front. So it's the sort of place you go to, the Dakota building, you go, oh, yeah, that's where he got shot, okay, and then just move on because it's a bit, um, I don't know, I didn't feel that comfortable hanging around where he got shot too much. Yeah, Yeah, no, I think I'd feel the same same way too. Well, it's a a murder scene. Yeah, it is. It's a crime scene. Yeah, Yeah, and... um, you know, it's it's nice to be there and say, well, you know, I'm standing in the same place where John Lennon would have walked and seen, and that's that's something you know comforting about that. But um, Strawberry Fields was um, 
yeah, it was good. It was a good place because lots of tourists there and uh, they're not annoying Yoko Ono and the, the residents of the Dakota. Right. Now, uh, you're a man of title and we've just had the Queen's Birthday Honours list and a friend of yours was was in that uh, in that particular uh, list of people who were uh, uh, given their acknowledgement by the Queen. Yes, Toddy Goldsmith, she's got one. Yes, not, Dame, yeah. Dame Toddy Goldsmith, is it not now? Something yeah, like just, that? All I've got is Lord Brian of Sealand. Well, I was about to say, you are a man of title. Now, just explain that to us. Well, okay, I will. Um, For my birthday, my kids were saying, what do you want for your birthday, Dad? And I knew that you could get, uh, there's a joint off the coast of Scotland or England, and it's about seven miles off the sea, and it's virtually just a platform in the middle of the ocean, which they used in World War II to spot U-boats. But because it's so far off the uh, coast, it's its own principality. So if you send off some money, you buy, you, you can become a lord. So I've got a certificate that I'm the lord of Sealand, Lord Brian of Sealand, and I own probably about two or three inches of Sealand. And, um, you know, this, we're really going to get this country up and going because um, <laughs> once we get a soccer team, I think, you know, we oh. can really make an impact. <laughs> now, it's so remote, in fact, that not even the birds poo on it, do they? Ah, uh, no, there's a bit of bird poo there. Okay. Um, yeah, but, um, you know, it's a good place for birds to nest too, actually. All right. Well, Lord Brian, it's come to that part of the program where we ask that very important question that you often ask people. Oh, what are they trying to prove, Kev? Exactly. So who's caught your eye this week? Well, Chairman Dan, uh, the Premier of Victoria, has caught my eye. Um, mm-hmm. um, he's enjoying all the press conferences that he's getting to do at the moment. And um, he's on about $450,000 a year, I'd imagine. Struggling. Struggling. And, well, he must be struggling because he wears the same stupid blue jacket every day. (laughs) Here's a bloke, 450 grand, and he's only got one jacket. Now, as well as that, his stupid jacket. Now, remember we had the four policemen killed, so he had the city bathed in blue, which I thought was a wonderful gesture. Yeah, I agree. And then about a week later, he bathes the city in red and yellow to show the Chinese community how much we like China. Now, really, do we want to be doing that at the moment? And what about green, white and orange to show, do that with the city to show that we like India? Um, And now, to top it all off, he's decided to put a safe injecting room right next to the Queen Victoria market. And this is just terrific, Kev. So you can go down there and do your veggie shopping, maybe get a jam donut, and then go into the safe injecting room, shoot yourself up and drive home. Fantastic. What I'm saying here, Kev, Dan Andrews, safe injecting room near the Queen Victoria market. What are you trying to prove? Written, spoken and authorised by Brian Mannix uh, from the Life of Brian Mannix, that is, podcast. All right, Brian, now we're going to get uh, a little less serious now and talk to uh, the man, uh, as I said uh, earlier in the podcast, you described as the the nicest man on the planet. Yep. Uh, and we'll find out uh, how, we, uh, how we finished up in our lounge rooms every night, where it all started for the one and only Peter Hitchener. All right. The journey that you took, I mean, you, you left Brisbane, went and had a little uh, sojourn in Sydney, and then you, you finish up in Melbourne. Uh, originally, was it radio that brought you to Melbourne? Uh, I think it was 3AW first up? Uh, actually, it was Channel 9, okay. funnily enough. Um, I joined Channel 9 in Sydney in 1973. I, by this time, I'd worked at the ABC and was in, I was in Brisbane. I joined the ABC in Brisbane from 4BH, and then the ABC transferred me to Sydney, and the program director of Channel 9 rang me one night 
after I'd done the mid-evening news. They used to have a thing on the ABC called the mid-evening news, Goodness. which is on about nine o'clock. And I just read that at Gore Hill, at their studios in Gore Hill. And the PD, the program manager of Nine, rang me at the station and said, look, come in and do an interview. Come in and do an audition. We think we might have something for you. So I thought, yippee, let's give this a crack. They hired me. Uh, this was in the time of Sir Frank Packer. And it was, you know, very nerve-wracking. All the friends at the ABC said, oh, don't go to the commercials. There's no future in them. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> here I am all these hundred years later still going. So you never know what's around the corner. Did you uh, Did you enjoy, I mean, the, the television's a funny thing. When you come from a radio background, television's something that scares you a lot at the start just in terms of the camera. Did you Were you always comfortable in front of the camera? Um, first night, I can remember the first night I read a news bulletin was on the ABC in Brisbane in about 60, 1966 probably. Wow. And a Sunday evening bulletin, 7 o'clock, Sunday evening, 7 o'clock. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a sort of a big ratings night, but yeah. back then it didn't seem to matter. And I was very nervous, but I got through it somehow. And um, gradually the nerves um, went away. And uh, it, it was a terrific time because you could do all sorts of stuff. Uh, during the moonwalk, um, oh, yeah. I hosted the Brisbane or the Queensland uh, ABC coverage of the moonwalk, uh, and they had different hosts in each state, and I was the one who did it in Queensland. And yeah, I thought, gosh, this is this is we're watching history happening here. Yeah. It was good fun, good fun being able to do all sorts of things, uh, compare symphony concerts, you know, um, and uh, also rock music shows, and all sorts of things that they didn't seem to mind the fact that you were. A generalist in those days. These days, you've got to concentrate on one thing at a time. But back then, it didn't matter. Oh, rock music! Yeah, shows. Tell us about the rock music shows. Yes. Oh, I know. <laughs> it was before the Uncanny X Men. That's all I can say. <laughs> it was the time of. Oh, I can't quite remember who it was in those days, but it was good fun. It was back in the sixties. Oh, and, you know, they reckon if you can remember what happened in the sixties, you weren't there. Fair enough. You had yeah. good hair too. I must admit, Pete. Good hair? Yes. I have, actually I had very long hair back then. Yeah, you and did. in the ABC days, they, there was an awful mullet, actually. They used to have to tie it down with sticky tape at the back because it didn't look ABC enough for the news. <laughs> oh, what's one of the the biggest muck-ups that's happened on one of your broadcasts? Like not, not necessarily your muck-up or it's just something that went wrong? Oh, look, I've made just about every mistake that it's possible to make. That's just how things are. What happened? Oh, I had a seagull oh, uh, walk yes. behind oh. me one night during the news. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, and it looked gigantic <laughs> just from the camera angle. It made it look like this this gigantic, cold-eyed monster walking behind me. And uh, I had to keep on reading the, the news straight because it was a, a story about a murder investigation and I couldn't muck around with that. No. Um, and uh, I thought, oh, I hope he's really going to notice this probably and uh, <laughs> I just discovered it actually made the news around the world yeah, I the think... news reader a, a large bird in the background and since then we, we had a large blowfly that did the same thing <laughs> it hung on for grim death behind me and uh, you know it's just 
one of the perils of live television. I think I saw the the seagull repeated on the Ellen show. Um, yeah, it was it was yes. big news all around the world. <laughs> it was, yes, it was. I thought, oh, maybe nobody will notice, but they did. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, uh, Pete, uh, can we talk about your? We talked about your rock shows. Can we talk about your your game show? Uh, game oh, adventure? I know what you're talking about. You're talking about Gambit, yes. a game of skill. Fate and fortune. You have the knowledge. You know the odds. All the rest is in the cards. All right. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yes, I did that for. Uh, that was one of one of the uh, the jobs that took me to Channel Nine in the first place in 1973. Um, was to host Gambit and also to fill in for Brian Henderson uh, when he went on holidays from the news. So I sort of was doing a game show on the one hand, and on the other hand, reading serious news. And uh, that was very enjoyable, and I actually was very pleased to have the opportunity to do it because, you know, it gave me, it got me into the network, into the nines, and, uh, you know, it's still, still going. Isn't that funny how Brian Henderson was bandstand and then, uh, then you know, a respected and, uh, and uh, revered newsreader, and no one had a problem with him doing both those two things. Now, if you, if you were to walk away and, and try and do a, a music show now while you're reading the news, people would go berserk. I think even worse if, if Molly started reading the news. <laughs> that would be probably worse. Okay, do yourself a favour, a bit of trouble in America, the finest states, I can't stop kissing them, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Molly, reading the... He could perhaps do the weekend news, Molly. Oh, the Bollmeister, he's uh, (laughs) he's got great memories of of, um, Hey, Hey and uh, those years at uh, Channel 9. It was uh, wonderful times at Bendigo Street, Richmond. Well, remember that. And, And in those days... For some reason, because we also had the midday show and things, you got to see everybody in the industry, and and these there were big names from the US who would just be there in makeup. I, I saw Sylvester Stallone in, in makeup one day. <laughs> exactly. Did he say? Did he say to you? Yo, Pete, how's it going? Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be charging a oh, million dollars worth of equipment. Now I can't get a job. <laughs> that's a very good impression. I love it. Oh, thank you, Pete. <laughs> Who else did you see at Channel 9 that you bump into? Well, I saw uh, I was in the makeup chair next to Michael Burnley. Um, oh. You know, all these big stars, and you think, wow, how, how good is this? Yeah. Um, but, of course, the industry's changed a lot now, and, and, and of course, and back in those days, uh, you didn't have access, as you do now, to Netflix and Stan and live streaming of everything. So when somebody, big name, came to town, it was, uh, it was worth reporting on. Yep. Mm. Now, Pete, you, you are the patron of Dog Victoria, is that right? Yes, Dog Victoria, um, which, is, <laughs> which is great because I don't have a dog at the moment. Oh. So if I... If I get along to to uh, one of the dog shows or one of the Dogs Victoria functions, uh, I get to have a dog vicariously, so to speak. Um, but uh, Dogs Victoria is terrific because they cater to uh, besting show, that sort of thing, the dog shows. Yeah. But it's also about responsible companion animal ownership, uh, you know, people looking after their dogs and teaching them you know, obedience and all that sort of thing. I would, I would imagine you've, you've been asked over the years to be ambassadorial for, for a lot of different causes. Why, why, why did the dogs, because you're the Lord Smith um, Animal Hospital ambassador as well, why, why did animals and dogs um, uh, uh, appeal to you more than others? Was it your farm background? 
Uh, maybe it is. Actually, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Maybe it is, I suppose, because you grow up with uh, with dogs and animals on the farm. Um, but I love dogs. They're good fun, but also like cats and, and magpies. Now, I follow St. Kilda Footy Club, so magpies as a footy team don't do much for me, but as birds, they are terrific. And we've got magpies in our neighbourhood, which pop in every day just to say hello and maybe beg for a teeny little bit of breakfast or something. So I, I I get on pretty well with all the animals. Right. I'm not quite sure about human beings, but anyway. <laughs> Pete, uh, news has changed over the years. What's what's the? I mean, and it's it's a tough business because you're sitting there every night telling us about you know ma- majority of the stuff you tell us about is the horrible stuff that's going on around the world. How do you how do you sort of reconcile that with the fact that you are a very happy, chirpy, half glass full human being? Thank you for that. Uh, look, our job is to report what's going on. And to be of service to the audience, tell people uh, what hopefully is going to be important to them or things that they need to know about or would like to know about, uh, but not to, never telling people what to think or who to vote for. How would I know what to think or who to vote for? Well, I just want to report what's going on and let the audience make up their mind. Uh, and at times, especially at the moment, people have very strong opinions, one side or the other, of politics, for instance. Uh, but... Our job is to walk a middle line and not to take sides. Yeah. The news can be very depressing, I have to say that. There have been times lately when you just think, oh, gosh, we've had COVID, we've had the troubles in the United States, and you think, what's next? But um, but there's always time away from work to uh, to get out and maybe have a hit of golf, uh, and <laughs> that's something I've had the pleasure of doing on occasion with friends, uh, including Brian. And yep. um it's just part of part of the job. You just have to get used to the fact that we're reporting stuff that's not always good fun, but it's part of serving the audience. Well, you do it very well, Pete, yeah. and uh, you've been oh, keeping us you. well informed for many, many years, which has been you. great. And, um, you know, I, you said what's next. Well, probably Lavinia's up next with the weather. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you, you single out our, our exchange. That's part of the fun of it because it's like an ensemble. It's like if you were in a, a footy team or a theatre company or something, you know, you, you, you're with the same people or pretty much the same people day in, day out. Yeah, I know I know from theatre. It's just like, oh, well, this is my new family now and um, – Hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah. really it's really great that camaraderie you can get from um, you know in the media and uh, you know in theatre and stuff. So yeah, so you had a lot yeah. of friends. And- yeah, and to be honest, you can tell that uh, that you and Tony and Lavinia like each other. It's not it's uh, you know we see we see television series and stuff uh, where they go behind the scenes of TV shows and they don't like each other, but you can actually tell that you you three get on really really well. Actually, you're quite right. And the thing about it is, I don't think you can fake that. I think uh, see the audience yeah. is very smart and they know. They know what they like, they know what they don't like, and they they can tell if you're trying to put one over them. So, you know, the good thing is we do all get on with each other. We're fond of each other. We've known each other for years. We know each other's stories. And, we, you know, know Livo's kids and TJ's kids. And, you know, we're sort of like family. And uh, we have a laugh, and sometimes it's a little bit hard not to laugh with <laughs> Tony, yeah. there have been times we've made each other laugh when I didn't really mean to. But Thanks, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, the video. Oh, yeah, Tony, Tony has a bit of Tony has a bit of the Brian Mannix in him. He's a very naughty boy at times, Tony Jones. Oh, is he what? 
course. I, I reckon. Yes, actually, you're quite right. There is a similarity there. Although I don't know that Tony is as good as Brian is at having a good time. I think Brian managed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, I've got to ask you because Brian's here, and we talked about. It. Can you sing, Pete? Can you can you carry a tune? Oh, I wish I could. I cannot. I wish really? I could. Uh, I, I did music for a little while at school uh, and discovered no, nah, no good at this, and just let it go instead of instead of working at it. So uh, I cannot sing a note, but I envy those who can. And Brian, I think you're very uh, lucky to to have such a great career and such a, a wonderful industry because music well, adds I, to our life. I am. I just wish music paid a bit better. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, look, you know, I'm doing what I love and I'm getting paid for it, so that's all you can really ask for. And uh, Absolutely. That's yeah. a good, good philosophy, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Pete, how much longer do you want to keep doing what you're doing for as long as you enjoy it or have you got a sort of a time frame in your head where you want to go off and do some other things? I, I always think it comes down to when the audience says that we've had enough of you, go away. So while, while, while the, the ratings are okay, I'd love to stick around and stick around as long as possible because uh, that's the good thing about the job. You've got an endlessly changing landscape, even though, as I mentioned, there are depressing stories that we cover and sad stories. There are also good times and, yeah. and you know, we have sport to report on, although we haven't had any St Kilda Grand Finals uh, since 66. But anyway, too bad. I do enjoy the changing landscape of news and, of course, you've got deadlines to keep you honest as well. We've got to be on there at 6 o'clock. That's the way it is. Now, you're one who's embraced the social media, uh, all all of them. All There's about 75 different social media channels, and Peter Hitchin is on each and every one of them. Uh, <laughs> yes. You're all across it. Yes. And, and I get the impression that you actually really enjoy social media. I really do. Actually, you're right. And I try to follow back everyone who follows me. I know some people say, no, I'm not going to. I think Alan, I don't know that Alan Rascal follows anyone, for instance, oh. <laughs> one of my colleagues. But Alan is out there on social media and there's every other part of life. But uh, for me, I just try to follow everybody back and because uh, I figure, well, if they can be bothered following me, the least I can do is return the compliment and return the favour. So, uh, so, And it's good because people are nice. People are, people are nice and it's, it's nice just connecting with them. Yeah. You know, it's not people talk about how dreadful social, some people talk about how dreadful social media is. I don't find that at all. I find people are nice. Occasionally people don't like you. Well, too bad. That's the way the world is. It's, it's funny you mentioned uh, Alan Rascal. He seems to get some of the best assignments ever. Like last night, he was sitting in a bubble bath doing, drinking champagne. And you know, I think, well, this is a good job. He's driving a tractor. He was in the bubble bath drinking champagne. He was on a swing. And then he's, I've often seen him, he's often there dancing with whatever theatre show's on or wearing their costumes. He's got, he's, got oh, a pretty, yeah. he's got a pretty good job, Alan Rascal. Oh, he's hilarious. And he really gives it the right crack. Yeah. And uh, last night, I, I figured, I'm pleased you saw the story last night because he was visiting regional Victoria and uh, as, as things get back to normal after COVID and lockdown. And so he was out there seeing the sights of regional Victoria supporting tourism industry. And yes, he was in a huge bubble bath uh, drinking champagne and he also <laughs> did drive a tractor. And I must say, I thought he did the bubble bath more convincingly than driving the tractor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beautifully done. Hey, Pete, what's a, what's a normal day for you? Is, is it a, an early start for you or when do you have to report to Channel 9? Um I tell you what, it's a little bit easier at the moment in lockdown. A lot of the stuff that I was doing, can't do that anymore. So 
you know, I go to functions all the time and shake hands and do all that. Well, of course, that, that's on hold for now. But I still am on call from fairly early in the morning to do uh, radio call-ins. You know, I do uh, headlines from the news that night. I'll, I'll do a bit of a preview on, on local radio in the morning uh, and uh, and then sometimes at night time as well. So there's always plenty going on and there's plenty to, to keep me entertained in my old age. But uh, I have to be at work about... Oh, one thirty, two o'clock in the afternoon, and finish about eight thirty or nine at night. Yeah. So that's my day. Wow, hmm. yeah, it's okay. a it's a big day. It's longer hours than I thought. He didn't just turn up there and read the news and then. Well, I knew he'd get there before, <laughs> but I thought, you know, as soon as Lavinia's finished the weather, be out of there. But that's not right. <laughs> hey, uh, Pete, thanks, uh, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for being part of uh, the Life of Brian uh, podcast, and uh, and uh, all the best for the future. And uh, hopefully, you and Brian will bump into each other soon on a golf course. Oh. Yes. yes. Love to. I'd love to see the pair of you. It's been years and uh, that'll be great fun. Thank you for having me as part of the life of Brian. Oh, I've a, been very honoured to have been invited. Well, Thank it's, you. It's our pleasure and our honour to have you there. But before you go, can you give yep. us a thanks, Lavinia, please? <laughs> oh, well, that's the weather. Thank you, Lavinia. See you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love you, Pete. We love you. Thanks, Pete. And how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Pete. Thanks for your time. Thank you. All right, uh, we're going to play this uh, this new track from this album that you've done, Brian, with uh, with the Androids, and we're lucky enough we've got Tim Hedwood from the Androids on the line right now. G'day, Tim. Hello. How are we, gentlemen? G'day, Tim. Yeah, good to good to uh, good to be here to chat with you, uh, you fine gentlemen. Well, Tim is really the hero of this project, Kev. Uh, he's produced it and engineered it and mastered it and done. All of the hard yards, all of the heavy lifting that Tim has done. So, Tim, how did, <laughs> how, how did it happen that you, you got Brian involved? Um, well, we've got a mutual friend who's a bit of a uh, band manager kind of guy, and um, he mentioned that uh, he'd been chatting to Brian. And I said, well, what's Brian up to? Because I've always wanted, for years, more than 10 years, I've wanted to do something with Brian and the Androids. And and, uh, and, and he said, oh, I don't know, I'll ask him. So, thankfully, when... Uh, when he asked Brian, Brian was interested, so we just we, we, we yeah. recorded one song and then. No, well, we're going to do a whole lot of shows, but then we yeah. couldn't do shows because COVID nineteen happened. So Tim said, "Well, rather than do nothing, why don't we make a record?" That's right. Seems like a pretty good idea to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Tim, who do, who chose the songs? Did you collectively come up with the songs, or what did you do? How'd you do that? It was just Brian and I just throwing ideas at each other and. And whenever if I suggested something he didn't like, we didn't do it, and vice versa. And um, yeah, and we no, came out pretty easily. Yeah, it's a pretty, um, it's a surprisingly coherent set list, considering <laughs> that we both just said, said, "Oh yeah, Chuck, this in, that's in," and, and it's a really good, happy sort of party album, I reckon. Absolutely, party rock and roll, my man. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's, it's hey, fun. Man. All right, so who put Britney Spears on the table? Ah, that was um, Brian suggested. Yeah, that was me. I'm, been a bit of a fan of that song for a long time, and I just sort of think, well, just because a girl sang it doesn't mean that a bloke shouldn't, so uh, that's what we did. So I suggested to Tim, and he said, yeah, good one. Because okay. yeah, and you did a great job of it. it, it and I, I love the, the sort of cheeky aspect. People may not know that Brian's a bit cheeky, but, uh, oh. Oh, but that's why I like the androids, because, you know, <laughs> do it with Madonna. God, every right. now and then the song comes along and you go, God, I wish I'd written that one. That's <laughs> a beauty. 
Was, yeah, but that version of uh, the Britney Spears song is so good. It is. It's, fanta- oh, it's, it's fantastic. We're going to play it. So when he when he sort of said, okay, let's try the Britney Spears thing, Tim, were you – did you go, oh, he's got to be kidding? No, not at all. Oh, because we were trying to find something – we actually had suggested – or Brian had suggested uh, perhaps we should try and find something that's unexpected, just something that's a bit out of left field. Yep. So I started throwing ideas at him and then he said, how about this one? And I thought, well, there it is. And, and it, I knew it would make a great rock song, which it has. It's a great rock song. Yeah, it is a great rock song. Yeah. Yeah. And Brian, you, so get, anyway, you get in touch. You get in touch with your inner Barry White in this song as well. Oh, <laughs> he does. <laughs> Very much, he does. There was actually a lot more, uh, a lot more Barry White on the cutting room floor just <laughs> between us. <laughs> Couldn't keep it all in. I was having a few beers when we were we were recording it. So, you know, <laughs> just a few. Barry, Barry slipped into the into the into the field every now oh, and then. Nah, it, it was great. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. good. Yeah, it was a really good, fun time in the studio. Yeah, hey, so we're trying to – sorry, Pep. Yeah, no, I was going to say, so, the, I mean, it's not it's not finished yet, is it? And the, the work in progress with this is that you want to get people behind it uh, and, and we're going to play this song, which uh, once you hear this, I think you'll want to hear the whole album. So we want you to finish it. Yeah, so we're pre-selling it so that we can finish it and um, it's going quite well. We sold about five or six copies, which has enabled us to record <laughs> a verse and half a chorus. We're going to need to sell another eight copies before we can get to the bridge. But, you know, all going well, we'll finish that by the end of the week. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, exactly right. So what else is on the album so far? Um, Mr. Sister song on there. Yeah. Billy Idol, Rebel Yell's on there. Yeah, and uh, Alice Cooper. We got uh, schools out. Oh, a bit of bad uh, rose tattoos in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex Pistols. Yeah, Sex Pistols. We've got a brand new song written by uh, Brian, which is a killer. Yeah, really it's the like. only song on the album that's not a hit. <laughs> <laughs> not not well, yet. It hasn't been released yet, so you know what that's that is. Right. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's a beauty. It's a beauty. Beautiful. Yeah, so what are, what are the androids up to in the, I mean, in the, uh, in the COVID uh, sort of hiatus? Uh, Tim, what have you been able to do if, apart from this, or has this been enough? Nothing, mate, nothing. We, 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 to tell you the truth, we'd only just kind of, last year we did a festival gig uh, and another couple of gigs, and then um, then this idea came up about working with Brian. So we hadn't done anything in in fifteen years, and then so when this thing came up, I got excited about it, and obviously we had a whole bunch of festival gigs booked with Brian, and we were about to go out there, and then the COVID nineteen hit, so we had to pull our head in. So yeah. it's just been studio making this album, and it'll be exciting to get back out there and and do some gigs with the boys and play with do some gigs with Brian. It'll be yeah. great fun. Can't wait. Yeah, it'll be good. Well, we're going to play the song now on uh, on the Life of Brian podcast. Tim, thanks for your time, mate. Uh, working with Brian Mannix obviously is a real thrill for you, as it is for me. And uh, well, probably neither of us will ever work in this town again. <laughs> <laughs> my, it's it's oh. been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries. Good on you, Tim. Got the right boys. Good on See you, Tim. You Let's have a listen to the song. Here we go. All right. Oh, baby.
does Britney Spears in the nicest possible way. How about that? Well, I didn't think anybody would expect me to do a Britney Spears song, but uh, and they probably didn't expect the androids to do a Britney Spears song. No. There we, here we go and there we are. Yeah. No, it's yeah. good too. It's really good. Yeah, I like that song. I've, I've always liked that song and, um, you know, I just think, well, why can't a guy sing it? So yep. uh, that's, that's the attitude we took and so and that's what we got. Will the clip have you in a little little skirt and, uh, you know... Oh, absolutely, absolutely yeah. it will. I'll have a yeah. little shirt tied up around my waist and uh, be moving around and jigging around, letting my bits fall out. Fantastic. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, actually, no, you know what? Funnily enough, yeah, I, I can't know. wait. <laughs> the idea of me dancing around and dropping a wheel, it doesn't really, you no, know, it's no, not thanks. really that tempting. I don't no, think. thank you very much. The only wheel we want to see is the one that uh, Murcott's... Uh, uh, will help you get behind and become a much safer and better and a more uh, aware driver. And uh, you can check them out, Murcott's uh, Driving Excellence. It's murcott's.edu.au. Give them a call on 1300 555 576. Defensive driving courses, advanced driving courses, whether it's for yourself, whether you want to get a gift voucher to give to, you know, your 18 or 19-year-old that's uh, just getting behind the wheel of, the, of, of a car and you want to make sure they're safe, um, they're, they're there for you, murcott's.edu.au. One three hundred triple five five seven six. Brian, once again, it's been a wow. Spending it's been some time a wow. A wow. We've had and a I wow of a time. I won't be able to get uh, baby one more time out of my head for a while, but uh, your version, not Britney's. Oh, well, it's all good. It's all good, Kip. It's all Fantastic. Good. We've had a Take, wow of a time. We have. Take care, mate. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers, buddy. Stop.